Welcome to episode two, season one of The Anthropologist. It has been a long two week break packed with tons of events. Uh, now I'm back uh, to our regular programming or regular program scheduling. So as I was preparing the text for this podcast today, I, I was attending uh, a Zoom webinar on conservation focused on the memorial for George Floyd. Janelle Austin was the featured speaker and she explained what it means to have a physical memorial to remind us of history and of the public space as an open air gallery to uh, preserve the memory of a traumatic event. Uh, that has deep roots in history. The talk comes at a time when the city of Minneapolis removes the materials from the memorial. This materials uh, and symbolic culture intersects to represent history and the philosophy of change. The memorial is a symbol of empowerment of people who have been historically disempowered by racism. The memorial is a symbol of, at many levels, it's uh, the memorial, I'm sorry, the memorial is symbolic at many levels. As a reminder of history of systemic racism, how we arrived here, as a reminder of political discourse, as a call for social justice and change. It appeals to emotions, to memory, to history, to culture, and to existential pain. I wanted to focus on the points I brought up on last episode. However, the issue of race is palpable, and I cannot simply dismiss it. And especially because anthropology is the main culprit to promote the idea of race. This leads me to Michel Foucault. During my graduate studies at University of California, Irvine, we read Foucault. We read his work on power knowledge, history of sexuality, and other works. The point of reading Foucault was to understand how power is disseminated, how one obtains and maintains power in all its dimension. dimensions. I argue that anthropology and anthropologists held power and circulated the power to categorize, catalog, and display humans and their cultures as objects. Anthropology and anthropologists objectified culture. Anthropologists will not will go bonkers on this one. How dare you say anthropologists objectify culture? Well, they write about them. They take culture apart, separating into bits, dissociating culture from their agents, then putting them together again like Humpty Dumpty. What results is is the perspective of one individual who uses other individuals like them to back their categorization and objectification of culture and their agents. 
This is obvious. This is very obvious in the book. Ethnic, ethnic, excuse me. I'm going to start again. This is very obvious in the book Ethnicity, Inc. by John and Jean Kamaroff. Their work is an analysis on the other. The other being the non-European, although they bring the Scots perhaps as a token to remove the 95% non-European emphasis of their, on their critique of non-Western focus on capitalizing their culture. However, nowhere in the book I find mention on the anthropologist's responsibility of creating the categories in the first place. What categories? Categories of the other, the minority, the native, and other, the non-white Western person. They never mention the role of anthropology or an anthropologists on placing natives and their culture in a subjugated category. On the bottom of a vertical categorization of cultures. They talk about cultural commodification and their cultural agents of selling identity on the market. And they're, talk they're not talking about white people. They're talking about natives all over the world. So what's wrong with that? I asked them, what's wrong with that? This is a capitalist world. They're only playing the game. The Kamaroffs have capitalized on the native Africans for their own benefit. How? Professorship, presentations, publications, public recognition, good salaries, and a stable job which a lot of minority people and a lot of minority anthropologists cannot claim whatsoever. So, why can't the native do the same with the categories that you, anthropologist, created? I see a cantankerous anthropologist resenting the fact that their subject took their definitions to the market and now are capitalizing on it. I also uh, see the revenge of the native in this work. Yeah. At the end of the chapter 2 on page 21, they explain their reason to write the book. Quote, Note that in posing, in a bracket here, identity and subjectivity for sale in the capitalist market, close bracket, the problem does with treat ethnicity, culture, and identity not as an analytic construct but as concrete abstractions. I'm going to stop for a second here and pause to, to reflect on the, these two words, concrete abstractions. Seems like an oxymoron because concrete is something tangible that you can touch, you can see, an abstraction is something intangible that you cannot touch or see. So, okay, moving on. Con constructs as concrete abstractions variously deployed by human beings in their quotidian effort to inhabit sub sustainable worlds. 
we will argue that the emergence of ethnicity, comma, Inc., if not everywhere, in the same way, to the same extent, with equal passion, or, or in equal proportion, involves a double process, a dialectic, albeit not in the overdetermined, totalizing sense from which so much postmodern theory takes almost hysterical flight. I'm going to stop here for a second and note that the this is a movement that is it's a global movement. It's going around all over the world. They've seen too many anthropologists, you know, all over the world. The anthropologists going, you know, studying down meaning they go to tribes and groups and in villages and, and the peasants and then this and then that. Those who are below them, clearly below them, who are subject of power, subject of nation-state domination, colonization. So these are the subjects of the anthropology. So... They go around the world. This is a movement that's going around all over the world. The native is claiming their right to own their culture and do what the hell they want to do with it. Do as they please. If they want to, so they see the anthropologist going, taking, sucking like a vampire, suck it up, their culture, go out and publish everything, get the, the recognition and the name for everything. For, for what their culture is, and why not the native do the same? So, continue on. One element, that, uh, one element of that process lies in the incorporation of identity, the rendering of ethnicized, that's their word, populations into corporations of one kind or another. The second, in the creeping commodification of their cultural products, and practices and in the quote in this view there isn't room for analysis of the role of anthropo of the anthropologist in creating the categories that are now for sale by their their owners the cultural owners the cultural people cultural agents and the role of the state apparatuses to co-opt with anthropology and anthropologists in creating the very categories that are now rebelling, turning around, and selling their own brand in the market uh, to those who have categorized them as quote-unquote minorities or quote-unquote other, the other, or have objectified their culture to sell it, or now they are selling it and now they're selling their own culture as objects. Why so bitter? You, anthropology, anthropology and anthropologist, created this. Now deal with it. The most interesting part was that the Kamarov's bitterness on how the natives are now closing their doors to anthropologists and seeing them as another form of white Western exploitation so they are now charging anthropologists for research if an anthropologist want to do a research on um, a specific group some of them are now charging 
anthropologist so give me money you want to study us you gotta pay us because they're making money off of them that is the truth so indeed the anthropologist is the very face of cultural appropriation commodification exploitation and disenfranchisement the native is in their right to collect the profits from their own cultural brand and empower themselves where anthropologists have long used them to empower themselves i will read a quote from the the a couple of quotes from the book power, uh, power knowledge selected uh, selected excuse me starting again i read a quote from the book from the book power knowledge selected interviews and other writings 1972 to 1977 by Michel Foucault, edited by Colin Gordon from the 1980 edition. The selection I chose is under lecture two of 14 January 1976, page 98. Power must be analyzed as something which circulates or rather as something which only functions in the form of a chain. It's never localized here or there, never in anybody's hands, never appropriated as a commodity or piece of wealth. Power is employed and exercised through the net-like organization. And not only individuals circulate between the, its threads, they are always in the position of simultaneously undergoing and exercising their power. And on, and quote here, uh, and on page 102, quote, it is the production of effective instruments for the formation and accumulation of knowledge, methods of observation, techniques of registration, procedures for investigation and research, apparatuses of control. All this means that power, when it, it is exercised through these subtle mechanisms, cannot but evolve, organize, and put into circulation a knowledge, or rather apparatuses of knowledge, which are ideological constructs." End quote. So, what does this mean? It means that the those who control power and knowledge, and we're talking about anthropology and anthropologists here, and uh, you know, co-opting with this state and uh, law, etc. So there are all kind of a this this power and knowledge circulates in these areas, and it's not that one or another has the. Uh, say the um, monopoly on power we're not talking about power like brutal power the physical power we're talking about power of determining others people's lives you know the classifying categorizing those are those are these these are power the uh, uh, actions of power right we're also looking at people who are talking about others in the uh, holier-than-thou position. I have the knowledge 
about you and your culture. Well, do you really? You've been there for one year, two years. Ah, let's say, okay, let's say that you've been there for five years. Five years is not enough for you to know very much a culture. You do your eyes about what is culture and etc. But you are really taking one aspect and you're really putting that aspect on the microscope. And you're not really looking at the agent as the individual with power within their culture. So the Kamarovs are really showing in this book, and in, in, uh, to be fair to them, they mention that this is uh, the categorization of corporate uh, corporatism, that the, uh, the these groups are now calling themselves as a corporate, they're calling themselves corporation in, in, in banking on their ethnicity, selling them as a as commodity in the market, that certain uh, uh, other earlier anthropologists actually named them as such. They did say that, but you know what? It simply dies there. It doesn't really go beyond that mention, that actual uh, mention. They categorize, they put a different uh, types of category or types of uh, ethnic um, commodity, ethnic commodification, they name them. That's basically what anthropologists do. But really acknowledging the fact that anthropology and anthropologists were the ones with the power to categorize the native and their culture, to call them primitive, to call them primitive art, primitive culture, primitive religion, and, and uh, uh, um, the types of belief that they had, that the natives has, they categorized. And now the natives are actually banking on those categories. They're making money, empowering themselves. What's wrong with that? So the casinos, that's, you know, that's one of the, the, the points that they bring out. In the cover of the book, there is this uh, picture of uh, a, a, a Zulu uh, woman, a black woman from uh, South Africa, native of South Africa. Uh, and it says here, it's like an ad for the Zulu kingdom. So it's called the Zulu kingdom awaits you. And then there is a little... Um, the uh, a website for the Zulu and it's a www.zulu.org.za and there is a little um, brand or kind of um, patch that says Zulu Kingdom hey that is power they're taking on their category as ethnic they're taking on the uh, their clothing, their traditional clothing, language, dances, rituals, etc., and making money out of them. Yes, because you know the nation state 
wants to put them in these um what is it called uh tribal uh reservations keep them there abandoned like you know you can can go to some reservations here in the united states you can look at them and see how the natives are pretty much living in in squalid conditions like you know there are like basic slums so that's how the um, anthropology anthropologist state apparatus and then all the power structure want to see the native in shambles <laughs> when the native comes up and say well i'm gonna sell my culture empower myself and you anthropology and you state and you whoever you are wanted to come in and use my culture you're gonna have to pay pay an entry it's like you know disneyland or something like that why not not against it not at all this is the revenge of the the ethnic here you go do you like it you don't like it well tough for you so that is the problem that we're seeing here today the anthropologists are pretty much losing ground on where uh, uh, losing the ground on uh, the uh, other studying the other to be fair also these are this is a couple that's very old um, you know the old anthropology style uh, these guys are like in, if they're alive they're like in the 80s um, yeah this is like they, they're coming from the 60s anthropology in the 60s where you know most anthropologists were taught that this is the way to do it. Uh, a lot of anthropologists are taking on, um, um, yeah, more into studying up. There are some of them that are studying, you know, the uh, medical field. And there's another problem with anthropology, which is, you know, the teaching or preparing anthropologists to become academics and in this uh, preparation creating uh, well uh, saturating oversaturating the market the job market or the labor market with uh, PhDs where there is you cannot find jobs to be professors so being a professor in anthropology now is becoming rare and rare so and they keep on pumping up more and more PhDs in anthropology when I teach my students about anthropology I really tell them this is the reality of the field here I am I'm an adjunct professor and really I'm not doing anything with it well now I am with this podcast I am I am doing this because I am an anthropologist and now what I found that I should study the anthropology and anthropologists that brought me to this point in time. So I am another native <laughs> claiming power over anthropology. So until next time, I'll see you. Uh, we'll bring, uh, I will try to continue on my um, uh, schedule uh, idea on I don't know it's a schedule how to uh, what is anthropology and I have, I have a, 
uh, an outline here for episodes. Uh, why do people study anthropology? What does anthropologists do? But I think instead of answering these questions uh, specifically, you know, answering questions such as that, I will address these points with specific, uh, you know, points, specific uh, uh, illustration, such as the case of today's uh, George Floyd Memorial, the Ethnicity Inc., and Michel Foucault. So until next time, uh, we'll see you. Please uh, subscribe and uh, donate and tell a friend. Thank you for listening.